The freight industry has a massive problem of inefficiency. It's called empty miles. 35% of trucks on the road today are driving empty, and our environment is paying the price, with millions of CO2 metric tons of emissions wasted every year. Be part of the solution with Convoy. Visit convoy.com sustainability. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Welcome to Net Zero Carbon, a show at Freightways where we focus on inspiration, information, and insights and in sustainability around transportation. Today is the second episode in our um, series on the journey to emission reductions. Luckily, we are joined today by someone who's been in this for quite some time, CEO Eric Neandros, who um, leads uh, Glasty Neandros and Associates, a firm who has um, been around for, Eric, what, um, 20, 30 years now? Almost, yeah, 28 years. Um, for the benefit of our viewers, do you mind just giving a little bit of background on yourself and um, what GNA does in the space? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Danny. Appreciate it being able to speak with you on the show here. Um, so GNA, we're a consulting firm. We're about uh, 70, 75 people based in Santa Monica, California. And for the last 28 years, we've been working in the commercial transportation space uh, where we've focused on helping our fleet customers and others in the industry sort of navigate the path to lower emission technologies and low carbon fuels. Um, our focus really is on sustainability. And we always say that you know, that we have to look at economic sustainability and then environmental sustainability. They have to go in that order for the customers that we work with. Um, over the history of our company, we've been very, very deeply involved in the natural gas truck sec sector. Um, that has now really advanced to essentially all work with renewable natural gas. And in the last four or five years, we have heavily transitioned our work and our focus and activities into the zero emission space. So battery electric trucks, more and more with fuel cell trucks these days, I would say probably 90% or more of our work is sort of focused in and around zero emission uh, transportation solutions. And we do that work with, of course, you know, a lot of the big end use customers, folks like Penske, Pepsi, waste management, um, large trucking companies, et cetera, helping them to sort of figure out what their strategic plan is and then how to go actually implement that plan and ideally at scale. Uh, we do a lot of work with truck manufacturers uh, helping them to navigate this transformation and this change that's taking place in the industry um, and figure out when and, and where and how to how to how to proceed um, and ultimately develop and sell trucks into the market. And then there's this sort of other basket of folks that we we tend to to work with on the fuel, the infrastructure side, a lot of utilities, a lot of ports, state agencies, uh, nonprofit agencies and, and, and sort of a basket of others. Again, trying to help them figure out what's their role in this, uh, this energy transformation and, and move towards more environmental sustainability. So that's a, a quick snapshot on GNA. Thanks. You know, as we talk um, about what people are doing in the space, you know, we hold this show again to really try to shed light on what's going on. There's obviously a lot of attention around sustainability, a lot of attention around creating and setting um, corporate goals. And, you know, the thing that we try to say here um, is encouraging people just to take the first step, which is start to measure. Um, also easier said than done, but assuming someone does take that step into measuring, um, how does someone take the next step, which is 
analyzing the data, finding meaningful solutions and understanding um, to the extent that there are any tax or regulatory incentives for doing certain things, um, you know, as you work with companies through this process, give us a little better understanding of what happens after measure. Yeah, well, yeah, of course, starting off with that measurement and, and in today's world, there's a lot of focus around sort of the generic concept of ESG, right? Um, and the first step in that process is often referred to as the materiality assessment, right? What's material to my business in the world of E, S, and G? And where can I start to think about making the, the biggest advancements? Obviously, our piece is a little bit heavier on the E rather than the S and the G. Um, so our, our, our role is to sort of work with a company to understand what is that footprint from the transportation and supply chain. Um, and once we understand and can measure where those emissions are coming from, we can then start to make assessments to say, all right, well, how and where can we make improvements, right? Um, and there's a not a one-size-fits-all solution in, in today's market, right? We have natural gas, we have propane, we have renewable fuels like renewable diesel. Uh, of course, we have electricity, we have fuel cells. And so the question is, which one is right for me? And so we spend a lot of time looking at an operation and saying, okay, well, maybe for your long haul in these routes, um, renewable natural gas is really the right answer, right? Because of the range and weight issues associated with the operations, uh, where some of the infrastructure and that fuel supply might be available regionally. Um, so we might say, look, for this, let's just say 40% of your fleet, let's do renewable natural gas. For the regional hall, last mile, electrification, great strategy, let's do that for this 30%. And then the remaining 30% maybe is um, more, um, you know, more difficult to get our hands around, right? So we might say, well, let's use renewable diesel there, right? And so that package together gets you towards these goals that you want to set to reduce carbon emissions, right? But your question is ultimately, okay, now what, right? Here we have a plan. We know that we can do 30, 30, 40 into these different fuels and technologies. Now what, right? Um, this technology is still very expensive and it's hard to justify just taking the checkbook out and, and starting to, to move through the procurement as in you know a normal diesel fleet operations. So grants, incentives, tax deductions, um, all those buy-down opportunities are, are really critical. And that's a big part of what we do to bring that plan together is to say, okay, we know where we are. We know where we want to go. Now, how do we begin to prioritize that on sort of an annual basis based upon where these incentives are, right? And ultimately, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's about economic sustainability as well as environmental, right? And so we're, we're trying to figure out where over the course of a five or 10-year implementation plan do we really have the best opportunity for success? Obviously, that's operational success based upon the technology, the fuels, but also the economic success. And, and these incentives and buy-downs, they matter, right? And so they will help us to then prioritize to say, okay, in years one, two, and three, because we have a good line of sight on where these incentives are, let's do these facilities with these technologies, and we're going to go after these incentives to, to make that as successful as possible economically, right? And so that's a big part of the strategy that obviously then on an annual basis, year by year, we update um, and, and continue to fill in the blanks on uh, where, to, where to apply those incentives. Uh, pausing real quick. So what it seems like, I don't know, maybe this is anecdotal and not completely true in all cases, but that public statements are made and then people are left to figure out how to meet 
the public statements or the pressure that you know that's being put down either by your peers everyone's saying something so you repeat you repeat the same goal and trying to keep level set with what's happening on in the space is that true do you feel like people are trying to jam into what is already a set goal um, operational things to, to meet those and, and to me that feels it's good you put you apply pressure for sure right <laughs> putting a stake, stake in the ground um, but it sometimes it may not be based in reality I believe even you and I had a conversation before where you said someone made an outward facing statement about how much EV they were implementing to their infrastructure and after you guys came in said hey look that's not the best way to get there um, based off of what you're doing so just trying to understand like what is the right thing to recommend to to firms as they're looking to set goals it seems like measure before you say something publicly let's let's go through this process of understanding what goals are actually attainable is that is that a reasonable assessment a hundred percent i can't tell you the number of times we see these these big press releases these big statements about um we're going to get to net zero by this date right one of the the dates generally right now is around sort of 2040 is a, a popular date that people pick but it can be anywhere between say 2035 and 2050 which is all sort of right around the corner but let's just say 2040 right a, a big you know national company or international company makes this commitment to say we're going to be net zero in everything that we do by 2040. i can't tell you the number of times where you know, I'll pick up the phone and call the, the transportation department and say, okay, so what's the plan? How are you guys going to get there? And I go, we don't know. We just found out about this. Or, you know, we weren't involved in setting that goal. Um, so that is happening. And obviously, there's a lot of public pressure. There's a lot of companies that are that are interested in making these big, aggressive commitments on sustainability, which is fantastic. And frankly, from a selfish perspective, it makes my phone ring a lot, right? Because people say, oh, my God, the boss just said we have to do this. I'm not really sure where to begin. Can you help, right? Of course we can help. So thanks for calling. Um, but yeah, there are, um, of course, an array of of commitments that are being made out there and and different ways that they are being made. I can tell you one of the companies that we work with is um, very intentional about how they set these goals and how they back into their transportation and, and logistics planning from that point, right? And they said, so, you know, we want to be consistent with the IPCC 1.5 degree commitment. What does that then mean to our operations? And then generally they're going to say, we're going to split out the stationary side or production from our, our transportation side, and we're going to sort of tackle these uh, independently, right? There's a lot of opportunity in the transportation side because on the, the, the production um, call it stationary side. There's been a lot of improvements over the years, right? These the companies that we work for tend to have sort of world-class production engineers. They're squeezing a lot of waste out of the system. They're doing all the right things as far as LED lighting and um, efficient process equipment and buying renewable energy, right? So they've really squeezed a lot of a lot of juice out of that carbon lemon, right? So far on the on the stationary side, but on the transportation side, so well, hey, we have 15,000 diesel trucks. There's nothing but but upside opportunity there, right? So uh, we'll work and begin to put together the plan to say, okay, well, what does the 1.5 degree commitment mean to you? That means that by this date, we have to reduce 75% of our carbon emissions, let's say, right? Okay, um, 15,000 pieces of equipment in our national inventory. How do we begin to break that down? What needs to be replaced when? You know, what is the normal replacement schedule, of course, is where we always start. And what is available in terms of conversion to something else, right? And generally, you know, we, we talk to companies that are making these commitments to net zero. 
um, or 75% carbon reductions or, you know, those, those sorts of big commitments. You just can't get there with diesel, right? Renewable diesel is great, um, but it is limited and it, it doesn't work financially in, in all markets. Maybe someday we're going to see more production happening and that's great. But um, fundamentally, that this does mean that you're going to be going to something besides diesel, right? So we begin to break that fleet down and say it's these trucks will be replaced with those, these by these, so on and so forth. And we do that year over year to come up with a plan, right? Um, to me, that's a really smart way to do it before you put out the public press release to say, we're going to go all to battery electric trucks or, you know, all to fuel cell or all renewable natural gas or whatever it is, right? Because we think that there's um, a, a way to tackle this a little bit more systematically and, and in a smart way that's going to really work for the operation and work based upon the technology and the fuels that are available in the market, both today in that that midterm and, and, and longer term, right? So um, we always, of course, advise to, to take that more systematic approach to making these commitments, but um, we're glad that these commitments are being made. And like I said, you know, where, where these commitments are being made, maybe where the uh, transportation group is, isn't necessarily deeply involved in setting the targets, um, that's okay too, because uh, it's good for business for us. With 35% of trucks on the road driving empty, 87 million metric tons of carbon emissions are produced annually. Leveraging machine learning and automation, Convoy is efficiently connecting shippers with carriers while reducing carbon emissions. Learn how Convoy's technology can help your business run efficiently and build toward a no empty miles future at convoy.com slash sustainability. Yeah, um, well, it's good for bringing the show uh, people on the show as well. It uh, keeps our bookings full. There's a lot of people who are interested in highlighting what they're doing and also finding out what other people are doing as well. I think in the latter, you know, are there specific examples that you can think of or maybe a use case where um, someone has looked at their, with you, looked at their operations and done um, done the analysis and and, and put, that, put that plan into, into action? Um, you know, I think, when I hear you say about the big goals and then having these, having to meet these goals, a couple of things come to mind. One is, is this even possible, right? Um, are we setting unrealistic goals? Um, maybe we do as good as we can do. And at the end, um, there's always, always the off offset lever, which is the last, the last series in this episode. And towards the end, it'd be great to get your opinion as we, as we close out. But before we get there, um, maybe just, you know, you, you touched on some of the some of the technologies that you see are being used in the fuel space and the powertrain space. Um, are there any specific examples that that kind of stand out to you as ones that I don't know are good for our listeners to hear? You know, as far as the fuels and technologies, I, I think there's a growing number of options every single day, right? Um, today, natural gas and and renewable natural gas can can fit a tremendous number of applications. And, and that's really because it's been around a while, right? Uh, we have everything from, you know, class three, four up to class eight long haul. Uh, we have bucket trucks, bucket trucks, street sweepers, dump truck, you name it. If, if there's a, a commercial fleet application out there, most likely there's a good chance that there's a natural gas version of that product. Um, increasingly, that's becoming the case in the zero emission electric world, although we're not there yet, right? The, the zero emission battery electric and, and even less so fuel cell 
it's all very, very new, right? If you want an aerial bucket truck, can't get that in a zero emission right now. Um, that will come, but that takes time. It takes engineering. It takes investment and, and uh, you know, sort of proof of concepts and, and validation and, and commercialization. Um, same thing in, in, you know, which I think is probably a little bit more familiar with your audience, that over the road market, right? Sure, we have battery electric trucks. We have some pilot fuel cell trucks right now, but they're very limited. You can only get certain trucks and certain models with certain options and certain wheelbases. And if you want something different, sorry, check back next year. It's not available yet, right? Because we're still early. That will come. Um, will it be overnight? I don't think so. Certainly some of the regulations that we're seeing being pushed here in California will help maybe accelerate that a little bit, but it still takes time. Uh, it still takes time to make those investments, to prove the technology and to really to, to elevate the, the industry knowledge to make these things successful. So um, right now it's, it's a pretty mixed bag. There's a lot of different options um, that, that can be used in different different use cases and, and applications. And the, the key is to try to figure out that right fit, right? And that's frankly how we spend a lot of our day helping customers to sort of wade through and, and figure out what is the right right path forward. Yeah. In, in addition to that, there's, I think, still a lot of efficiency gains to be had. Is that true? Like, you know, we, we talked to Convoy as a good example, um, who sponsors a show and they have a big um, zero waste you know, uh, no empty miles campaign that they push through. Um, as you look across, as you jump into a company and you, you start to dig in um, and understand where the biggest gains are in terms of emission reductions, what is, I mean, anecdotally, like you said, it's it's different for everybody, right? Depending on your business and where you operate. And, um, but on the transportation side, uh, is, there a, is, is there a logical place for people to start? Um, you know, folks who are who are committed to it, who maybe have made the public facing statement are trying to figure out what to do or who are trying to um, figure out what to do first before they make this statement. Um, what are what are some good places for people to 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 start first? Sure. So you touched on a couple of things. We'll start with maybe the efficiency. Right. Uh, and I'll even maybe go back one step to the comment earlier about just measuring. Right. Um, a lot of the folks that that we have engaged with over the years, um, you know, we're, we're, we're often a little surprised at, you know, just the, the lack of uh, information and, and the ability to sort of measure the current operation, how many fleet assets they have, you know, what fuel economy they're getting, those those sorts of basic things. And it's gotten better over the years as we've seen more connectivity and, and, and technology come into the space. But in the early days, we'd sometimes look at each other and be like, really, you don't know how many trucks you have or where they are? How many miles they run? Those sorts of basic things, right? So, like anything, is when you start measuring, you then have the ability to improve, right? And efficiency is a great place to start with that, um, just to begin to have the discipline within an operation to make changes and to begin to to realize those incremental gains. Um, the challenge is, of course, as I mentioned earlier, you just can't get there from here if you're really going to make these big commitments to massive carbon reductions or net zero. Or things along those lines, right? US EPA Smartway program, a fantastic program that has had tremendous success. You can't get to net zero by just doing more Smartway, right? Those days are over. You have to evolve to something like an electric truck or like a renewable natural gas truck, um, both of which can get you to net zero today, right? As long as that truck can fit in your operation and run the route and do that effectively from a, you know, 
operational reliability and financial perspective, you can get to net net carbon zero emissions today, right? With electricity, that's obviously a little bit easier. You just you got to make sure you're buying green power, plug it in, and away you go. That certainly is something that you got to be careful, right? In, in some of the states in the U.S., uh, there's a pretty heavy proportion of coal on the grid, right? And so plugging in a truck might not necessarily be a huge climate win. Um, but hopefully the utility has a, a green power option. You can kind of check the box and get dialed in, or you can go to the wholesale markets and, and buy that power and, and make sure that you're doing it right, right? Renewable natural gas, I think, is a, a tremendous opportunity where you can make the, the truck technology work, right? The renewable natural gas, as an example, in California today, 100% of all the compressed natural gas that's being dispensed is renewable natural gas that has a carbon footprint that is below zero. So that's getting carbon benefits beyond that of a solar power charging a truck, right? And for a company that's looking to make big gains and to try to make those gains early, it's an awesome opportunity, right? Renewable diesel, same thing. You can generally, you know, that's about a 60% reduction from diesel today. So again, it's just, it's the right fit for the right application and making sure that you're kind of getting the fuel part dialed in correctly and paying attention to not only the availability and supply and of course price of the fuel, but the carbon intensity of that fuel as well uh, makes all the difference in these environmental goals. In, in looking at this space, um, are there, what are things that are around the corner that folks, maybe they're not available to plug and play today? Is autonomous vehicles, is that a big win around the corner? What are the things that we should be expecting and um, that we should maybe be at least keeping a pulse on? You know, I, I think there's a couple of things that we see. One, as I mentioned, the, the uh, investment in battery electric commercial vehicle technology is absolutely off the charts, right? We see this from the traditional OEMs all making massive investments to develop the technology and bring it to market as a commercialized product here in the next few years. We're seeing an array of, of startups out there in the market that have been able to source capital from all kinds of different places, right? Venture capital, uh, private equity, SPACs, um, you name it, there's money being poured into the, these markets from, from every angle possible. So I think we're going to see a, a continued uh, evolution of the battery electric commercial vehicle market um, here in the, in the very near term. And that's pretty exciting, right? Of course, we have to still prove the total cost of ownership, right? That's the, the real magic here is that having the product available is one thing putting it into a commercial operation where it works successfully from an operational and financial perspective, you know, that's, that's another thing, right? And we're, we're now in the process of proving that out um, project by project, pilot by pilot, commercial deployment by commercial deployment. But I think we're going to see continued acceleration. Frankly, there's just too much money at stake, right? There's billions and billions of dollars that are being invested in this. That will change the way companies go to market, the way they sell product, the way they support product, they have to sell it in order to recap the billion that they just invested to make it. Um, so that's that's something that I think is really important. The other part of the zero emission vehicle market that I think is particularly exciting is fuel cells. Um, we're seeing a lot of investment in that space. We're seeing a lot of acceleration. Um, fuel cell vehicles have been around for 10, 20 plus years, and um, it's always been in, in sort of a, a pilot demo phase. You know, the big joke has been fuel cells are five years away. We, we've been saying that for 20, 30 years. I think at this point, we might be actually getting uh, pretty close to the reality of fuel cells are about five years away. Again, there's just a huge amount of money being invested in the space. Technology has continued to evolve. 
And uh, I think we're pretty close to having commercial product ready to go to push out on the street. Again, however, I get back to it's got to prove itself. The TCO, it has to be there. There are a lot of factors with hydrogen fuel cell around capital cost of the vehicle, infrastructure and fuel costs. And of course, the fuel also has to be, you know, what's sort of generically re referred to as green hydrogen, right? Um, it has to be low carbon fuel. So all those things still have to come together. And that's, uh, that's you know, really a big part of the industry's focus here in the next couple of years is really proving it to ourselves as an industry, right? Where fleets can get comfortable and say, I made the investment, I ran it, it worked. I'm going to now do more. And then I share that with the next and the next and the next. And we start to see that acceleration and scale. So those are, I think, two of the areas that, that uh, I think will be pretty exciting here in the near term. You mentioned autonomous. That's That's been an area that uh, obviously super interesting, um, a little bit you know, politically charged around uh, some of the, the regulatory and labor issues. But um, ultimately, you know, we're already seeing versions of autonomy, particularly uh, from the world of, of commercial vehicle safety. Right. We're seeing a lot of those components already being deployed out on even today's diesel trucks. We'll continue to see that more and more. Um, you know, a lot of people have said we're not going to wake up one day and be like, aha, we have now level five autonomous trucks. Right. It's a, it's a gradual evolution. Um, and that will continue. Right. Again, I, I see a lot of investment happening in the space. A lot of those same sort of uh, different sources of, of capital and investment uh, and SPACs and those sorts of things. So that's that's an exciting area. Of course, you know, that's not going to happen just in its own silo. Right. You're going to start to see that being connected to electric trucks or fuel cell trucks, which will make them more efficient and help to really drive to that TCO even more. So it, it's sort of the the uh, the holistic basket of technologies working together. Um, that will help get us there. So super cool space, obviously. There's a lot of exciting things. And frankly, it makes it uh, pretty damn fun to go to work every day and, you know, get to get to play around with this stuff and try to help folks to figure out how to really make it work in the real world. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, fortunately, 25 minutes goes fast and, you know, trying to extract all the information <laughs> uh, that you've gleaned over the last uh, 28 years from your firm being around is is not enough time. Um, and like you said, there's it's exciting to be in this space and to see all the technology and the change. It is overwhelming as well for people who are trying to assess how to do that. So I think finding partners like yourselves to work with to take that you know that that learned uh, experience that you've had with working through many with many other firms is, is hugely valuable. Eric, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, I would love to have you back and dive in more. Um, you know, we're going to be following this episode up with the offsets portion of the discussion, which is obviously um, an interesting and also controversial topic, um, especially this week with what's going on at the UN. So thanks again for coming around and um, uh, we hope to have you back soon. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me. 